Hey everybody, just want to jump in here beforehand to say that you do not have to have watched Mac and Me to enjoy this episode. We watched it so you don't have to. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Nothing But Nonsense podcast, where I continue my goal to slowly turn this into a film discussion podcast. And this week, we <laughs> are talking about the 1988 classic, Macathon and Meathin. Classic <laughs> is a strong word. <laughs> I'm joined by my two fellow critiquers, Matthew... Uh, I'm trying to think. There's two. Crap, I, I screwed it up. What's the other guy's name? This. I'm trying to think. Uh, Andrew, what's my name? <laughs> Wait, let's see. No, it's not the your names. I was trying to put together a uh, <laughs> oh. famous movie critics. critics. <laughs> picking up famous movie critics with our names. No, uh, there's no uh, way. Matt, there's no Matthew way one of them e has my name. It's Matthew Ebert and Dawson Siskel. It's two famous movie critics from like the eighties. Oh, Roger right. Ebert and Gene Siskel. They're both cool. dead. They're um, both dead. But they're like very famous. They had a TV show called Siskel and Ebert where they would talk about movies. Oh, when you say it like that, I actually think I have heard of them before. Yeah, so there's so. there's already been a show out there with a Matthew and Dawson. That doesn't sound like. They weren't, no, their names aren't Matthew and Dawson. Their names were Roger and Gene. Oh, <laughs> I was just trying to. I was just trying to say names. it was a it was a um a reference that flew over both your heads that was for like two people in the audience to well, I'm enjoy. Sure, I'm sure uh, I I would greatly enjoyed it. I would argue it was for negative two people in the audience. Like honestly, I probably confused more people than I helped. If you understood that, that's where the that negative comes from. If you understood yeah. that reference, please go to our Instagram page and comment that you got it. Because <laughs> make Andrew feel happy about himself I, and validate knowledge. I'm I'm in the negative, so I hope I, I I'm in knowledge deficit right now. <laughs> But yeah, we are talking about the classic 1980 movie produced by the Big M them himself, McDonald's, called Mac <laughs> and Me. For those of you who don't know, this movie came out in 1988 to, let's say, less than stellar reviews. <laughs> it currently... I believe it currently holds a zero on Rotten Tomatoes. Does it actually... Oh my gosh. I can be. Reviews. Uh, no, I don't want the. No, this is this is the. Oh yeah. It's I don't know. It's up to seven percent. Wow, right now. It's getting better, seven. guys. <laughs> and, and an audience score of a stellar thirty-eight percent as well. Oh. Look at that. So this movie, this movie follows the story of a boy. And the most disgusting thing I've ever seen in my entire life. <laughs> An alien called named Mac, which stands for uh, mysterious alien creature. So it's not even it's not even like a name. <laughs> there are so many. We'll get into this later, but there's so many. Like, so many weird stupid acronyms. acronyms. <laughs> there's like, like like even like in the first 
Like po, the first time we introduced to the character. Tuna on rye or tuna and tuna on whole wheat. Sorry. <laughs> That was the one uh, I caught. Yeah, oh, toe, and then uh, APU, alien, no, A, AUP, alien under, or, you know, alien, A, AUI, alien under the influence or something like oh, that. Oh, yeah, yep, I have both of those written down. Followed yeah. by, I believe, <laughs> but, the um... worst laugh in the history of movies. His brother, so, I believe, uh, I wanted to... that. So there's something I wanted to get into right away. And I wanted to ask guys, what did you think about the music in this film? It's the worst of the '80s. Jarring. The music. I would say. No, I mean like not the not the songs that they picked, like the actual like uh, soundtrack, like the orchestral music. What did you think of it? Do you think it was good? Like weirdly good? No. Uh, no. Um. Thought it. I, I thought it sounded like Walmart ET music. Like if it sounded like they were going with John Williams, but got like Jonathan. Like Billiams or something. It was, um, it was, oh my gosh, I don't even know what the word I'm looking for is. It, it set the mood properly of being a horrible E.T. ripoff movie, yeah, I yeah. would say. So it was just too, too much, I would say. It was a lot. So, yeah, so it's definitely, it definitely outshines its the movie it's in, it's involved in. So, the <laughs> conduct, the composer of this music was uh, a man by the name of Alan Silvestri, and I just like to run through. Oh, he's great. Uh, yeah, I run through a, sh- a short list of his uh, film accomplishments. Let's go. Uh, I'll just go in order here. Uh, Polar Express, Forrest Gump, Back to the Future, Back to the Future Part Two, Back to the Future Part Three, 1987's The Predator. Uh, Ready Player One, Castaway, Night at the Museum, Captain America, The Winter Soldier, uh, mm-hmm. Night Museum Two, Avengers Infinity War, Avengers Endgame, the Avengers 2012, what Lilo and crap? Stitch from 2012. Uh, he's a big uh, he's a big Marvel Disney guy. This guy. That's why dude. I know who he is. Yeah. That's oh yeah. Nuts. This dude is a powerhouse when it comes to the. Uh, Composing engineer. and he's up there with John Williams, and he's basically done everything that, yeah. Uh, what should we call it? Um, with his face. Uh, crap, 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 crap. <laughs> Joel, Robert Zemeckis, who is the guy who's basically powered uh, Tom Hanks' career. Hmm. So he's yeah. So he. Uh, so yeah, he's. So he's done. That being some said, stuff. that being he's said, done, this might be his worst work then. I mean, it's not horrible, but it's like it's a little much. The fact that this is the same guy that did Captain America: Winter Soldier, which is one of my favorite soundtracks. Not Winter Soldier. Cinema. I didn't say. I didn't say Captain it America: The Winter First Soldier? Avenger. Oh, it was the first. I don't one. know why. It's the first Avenger, which is okay. still classic. I was going to say because oh, yeah. the Winter Soldier is one of my favorite soundtracks in the history of cinema. Interesting. The Winter Soldier. That's wild that the same guy did all those iconic and great and well beloved movies and somehow some way he found himself <laughs> doing this yeah that's what happens when you throw a big check uh at a composer yeah <laughs> throw a big bag of cash at somebody yeah yep they'll do whatever so big bunch of money. he might be the biggest name involved in this outside of paul rudd who i found incredible in this movie by the way oh <laughs> uh, yeah that is a reference <laughs> to a very specific scene in this movie that uh 
Paul Rudd has a long-running gag of taking it on to the uh, the Conan O'Brien show, the late night with Conan, um, and he would show this clip, pretending it was a clip from an up from his upcoming movie that he was there to promote, but it would just be the same clip from Mac and Me over and over again. We'll get to talking about that clip a little bit later, but he even <laughs> uh, even more recently brought it on to Conan's podcast. Oh my gosh. <laughs> And even Conan flipped out. He's like, "This is, this is, um, this is an audio medium. You can't keep pulling these tricks." <laughs> so this this uh this movie came in at a a this movie comes in at a cool ninety nine minutes, and uh, with a budget of thirteen million dollars, grossed uh six point four million dollars oh, domestically. Boy. That's oh about six million more yeah. than it should have. Yeah, I was gonna say was, you uh, feel you feel all ninety nine of those minutes when you're watching this. Those movie. minutes are rough. Yep. Yeah. So the uh, movie was distributed by Orion Pictures, which is uh, a pretty respectable company. Mm-hmm. Uh, directed by Stuart Raphael. Re- 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 There's two F's and I and two L's. So Raphael. Mm-hmm. Uh, sure. So, <laughs> written, written by Stu, honestly, written by Steve Feek and Stuart Raphael. Uh, produced by also, Mark Damon, W. B. Kerr, and R. J. The fact that this is made by MGM is also like, what the heck? <laughs> is that well, that's, a, that's, a, that's a classic film company, <laughs> and yeah, it yeah, this is by, a dud. Uh, produced by, um, what do you call it? Uh, McDonald's. They, they're the ones who threw all the yeah. money behind it. Oh, you can tell. Mm-hmm. You can definitely so, tell. <laughs> so before we get into talking about the plot about this, we're going to talk about the um, development of this project, just to talk about how this got made. So I've got the how Wikipedia. this came into existence, exactly. Yeah, I got the Wikipedia here, and it says, Producer R.J. Lewis had previously worked on advertising campaigns with McDonald's and had an association with their charitable Ronald McDonald House of Charities. He explained that at that time, Ronald McDonald was even more well-known than Santa Claus, but that E.T. was close behind and thus felt the next generation needed an E.T. of their own. Lewis was required to negotiate (laughs) the rights to use McDonald's brand and its elements within the film. He pitched the project as a cross-promotional endeavor, which could be promoted as as its restaurants and with its profits helping support uh, the Ronald McDonald House of Charities. Uh, some have reported the film was at least partially financed by McDonald's, which Lewis denies. However, he did receive funding from Golden State Foods, a food service distributor closely associated with McDonald's. Lewis encountered it, the CEO, its CEO, and his profits to his efforts to pitch the film, and was attracted by its charitable goals. Despite McDonald's specifying that it did not Ronald McDonald appear in the film, he nonetheless appeared in a scene set in the McDonald's, which featured an extended dance <laughs> sequence. Yeah, they, did, they didn't hold true to that promise, did they? The character also appeared in the theatrical trailer. Lewis knows that he had, he was one of the first to leverage the chain as a platform for promoting films. Disney would later enter into a long-term deal with McDonald's to cross-promote properties, including their own <laughs> classic films to through in-store campaigns such as happy meals uh despite lewis remarks that he was still the only person in the universe to ever have an exclusive motion picture rights to mcdonald's trademark their actors and their characters and the whole company Hmm. so that's a bit on the uh the development and so here's a little bit for the director uh stuart refield 
who had made a number of family films, was brought to direct even before the film had completed script. He was recommended by producer James Brolin, whose film, whose whom Raphael had made 1981's High Risk. Raphael Ray recalled, I was hired out of the blue, and the producer asked me to come down to the office, so I did, and he had the whole crew there, a whole crew on payroll. It was amazing. He had the transportation captain, the camera department head, the AD, the production manager. He had everybody already hired, and I said, well, what's the script? And he said, we don't have a script. I don't like the mm-hmm. script. You have to write the script. You're oh going to have to write it quickly to prep for the movie and write the script on the weekends. The crew oh, aimed to distinguish the film from E.T. by having Mac mm. have, be a member of a family with powers and skills. Raphael says the producer wanted to the actor to, who an act, wanted to use an actor who was handicapped. So he found a kid who had spina bifida. Spinal. The kid had not assume the first word is. No, it's S-P-I-N-A. Spina. Or spi- really? Spina? That's how it's pronounced? <laughs> Interesting. There's a birth effect which causes the incomplete closing of the spine. We don't have to get into that. Uh, the kid had never acted before, but he was a wonderful kid. But even even they finished it as even they finished it was oh even when they finished it was the fact that they used a real encumbered person to play the person didn't mean anything to even the people who lived in the world. Raphael says the moment Disney heard we were had a deal with McDonald's, they went in and hammered out a three year deal to get all the toys put in their yeah. Happy Meals, and have that relationship with Coca-Cola. As such, McDonald's, uh, the McDonald's people were not particularly enthused with us now that they had Disney, but to put the, but they had to fulfill their arrangement with us. So that kind of uh, establishes what this, uh, what this film was uh, going <laughs> into, going into. So I figured I'd brief everybody on a little bit of this, the process behind this film. So, before we like, before we get dive right into the plot, let's let's give our overall thoughts on this this film. This is my second time seeing this, and this is their guys' first time seeing this. So, what do you guys think? Just an overview without getting into specific plot points. Yeah, we'll get into specifics in a minute. I thought this movie was pretty painful to sit <laughs> through. I was watching it and. It took, I would say, about 15 minutes before I put it in 1.5 speed on the playback <laughs> because I'm like, this is not great. And like, even though there was like a lot going on in this movie, there were a lot of things happening. It was, I have never been more bored watching a movie with a lot happening on screen. Like, <laughs> it's, it wasn't like there was a lack of, a lack of, well, I don't want to say lack of plot, but like just like lack of happenings. It was just I'm watching it. I'm like, my gosh, I just it, it like nothing really grabbed my attention at all throughout like almost the entire movie, and it was just like wall to wall, just ugh, boring and bland and awful. <laughs> I re- I really did not enjoy this. One might say it's a poor imitation of a better film. Yeah, pretty much. That's a yeah. great uh, description for sure. So what about you, Dawson? What do you think? I personally wish I could say this was a spoof, but I know it's not. Uh, it very much feels like one. The pacing's horrible. The plot is thin at best. Uh, I 
found it difficult to watch in one setting. So halfway through the movie, I went to Arby's just to spite McDonald's. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I will not contribute to this corporate greed. <laughs> and that's a choice as well. <laughs> oh I passed by a McDonald's and I said, not today, Big Mac. I refuse to support you after what I've seen. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. It, it, was, so, it was a struggle. It and, was. Uh, it's a unique well, Andrew. I feel like you and I have a very unique perspective of both being terrified of ET as little kids. Uh, this definitely would not have caused that. It probably would have. No, the this opposite. would have caused an entirely different kind <laughs> yeah. of terror. <laughs> yeah, because yeah. this, because like I said before, this is the most disgusting thing. This this creature that they've created, and not to mention its family, which. Thank God we do not see a ton of in this film are the most I know, the disgusting dad is... things I've ever seen in my entire life. Yeah. And I'll talk about once we get into this, go through the plot, I will talk about my <laughs> first note that I have written for it. I have a feeling I know what it is. <laughs> but yeah, uh, I will say going since this is my second time watching it all the way through, I will say this. It wasn't as like the first time I watched it, I was like, "Whoa, this is whoa!" I had the exact same feelings <laughs> as you guys, but this time I was like, "Okay, there's a movie, but it's it's like I said, a poor imitation of something that does it so much better." Mm-hmm. Like I have like I am not that I'm still scared of ET. I just haven't gone back. This is one of those movies I've been meaning to go back and watch, but I just haven't. <laughs> me and me and you, you. And me, <laughs> You, one for this episode, for this podcast, we'll have to sit down and switch up our, tank, our thing of watching bad movies and watch a good movie. And we, well, me and Dawson will sit down and face our fears and uh, watch ET. <laughs> maybe we'll maybe we'll record like a con- our official commentary over ET, and we'll it'll talk. A, about yeah, it'll be a lovely therapy session for you both. <laughs> yeah, and so, um, so yeah, I'll so, save uh, it for the I'll save it for the pod. You and I, like when Matt yeah. is out for a week, you and I, we will watch ET. Like I said, we'll it. record a commentary of them. We'll record a commentary that you can play over the movie oh that we can. Then you'll be there with us as we experience it. So, um, so yeah, this movie is just as a um, as somebody who has more familiarized themselves with the intricacies of the filmmaking process and what makes good writing and what makes bad writing. It's just, this is just, you can tell this is something that they wrote as an afterthought Absolutely. to the, uh, they're like, okay, so we want to make E.T. And I think E.T. came out in 1982, I want to say. It was definitely uh, early half of the 80s. 19, yeah, 1982. So this movie came out six years later. And hmm. so this is definitely something like, yeah, we want to do E.T., which grossed $792.9 million. Oh, boy. So, yeah. So there's a... And, that's, and that movie... That's had, in the 80s, had, too. And that movie only had $10.5 million as a budget, so it had 13 less than uh, Mac and Me. That's nuts. So, uh, I thought Mac and Me was $13 million in budget. Yeah, it was, it was 13 It was $13 million, so million about, budget. So three and less? They made, so it's three... It was like uh, two and a half less uh, for E.T., crazy they made that's so, crazy yeah so it's just it's a poor imitation of something else so let's get into talking about the exact story so <laughs> this story the movie opens up on a desolate 
a desolate planet, and I, I I don't know if it's a planet or a moon. I want to say because planet in the mo- is a strong word. On the in the background, there's like a there's like a <clears throat> plant. There's a planet. I think it's Saturn. So I wanted to assume this was a moon of Saturn. And something that kind of makes it a little bit more interesting is that in the Wikipedia synopsis, it says that uh, a family of aliens on a dying planet search for subterranean water. And so it's so it's like it kind of it makes it a little bit more interesting when you think of these these creatures as the last of their race, and it's just this hopeless family that mm-hmm. um get transported to this to earth and so they uh so you're immediately treated to the horrific sight of mac and his family mac is a is mostly mostly all the time a uh a prop a doll of some kind but mac's kind of family puppet. yeah puppet mac's family on the other hand are entirely human in these mm-hmm. disgusting suits they're just google it i can't even i can't even describe it it just google <laughs> it i have written down alien designs are as horrible as they are terrifying i've written yeah. down i want to kill whoever designed these suits <laughs> <laughs> like why why did they have to be like skin colored like make them a, make them green like just don't they're, make them yeah. look Make them make them look like they're just weird naked humans. Well, because then (laughs) Dawson, they couldn't make the clever joke in the movie of, oh, was it was the alien you saw green or something to that extent? And then the answer to that question is, yes, they were green. (laughs) Shut up. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, so I will say that it was a little kind of the the sci-fi enthusiast in me is kind of a little bit tinged to like, oh, that's kind of interesting. To it being a dying planet, but that's never discussed because these creatures they don't talk, they <laughs> whistle, and yep. oh my, it's so annoying! Do they ever whistle? I'm sure there's like I think you could probably make like a ten to a five to ten minute compilation of just the whistling in this movie. There are several scenes where the entire plot will stop and Mac will put his hands in the air. And whistle, and then his family, who are off dying in the desert, in like the Nevada desert somewhere, will lift their hands into the air and start whistling. And oh my gosh, we get it. You whistle. It's cool for like a second, and then it's immediately <laughs> stupid. It's yeah. it was so bad. I I had a no- I wrote a note down like early on in the movie, and I think I it's I said something to the extent of like I can already tell this whistling is going to get on my nerves. Oh, yeah. and, uh, oh boy did it and did it very quickly <laughs> one of yeah, the whistles right. in the early part of the movie actually sounded like r2d2 i will say hmm. how dare you <laughs> it's it had like the same inflection and like almost sounded like it sounded like it was ripped straight from star wars and i'm like huh that's funny interesting <laughs> it's so, one of the first times that they whistled too when i was still trying to figure out is that all they do to communicate yeah. pretty much so uh they're on this rocky desert planet. They're looking for water. The, the dad sticks a straw in the ground and like shoots <laughs> some water through his I, horrible. I mouth. wrote, "Gotta get that underground sprite." I have drinking yeah. drinking directly from beneath <laughs> no, the surface not of sprite. the planet cannot be healthy. Cola, Coca Cola, yes, yeah, Cola. So um, then uh, a NASA probe launches uh, lands on the planet. Just. For apparently we're living in an altered d- dimension. Well, obviously we're living in an altered dimension because we have aliens. And secondly, we're living in an altered dimension because the pro this probe 
just it's 1980 and this probe just lands on the planet no help no nothing this is the <laughs> at the same time they were um launching pathfinder and putting the first probe on uh mars and that was a huge thing but no we are just straight up landing this sucker right on the planet oh no yeah probe no nothing this thing can yep. shoot off from earth and then when they go to this planet and then come back and have no problem whatsoever. And when it flies through space it doesn't go in the direction that its boosters are indicating instead of going up it just goes sideways i'm not even convinced yeah. i'm not even convinced there was actually a thruster designed on this thing it looks like it just v-clips through the air like Appa from Avatar. I couldn't figure out how it was moving. Yeah, it was. It's uh, it's rough. So uh, so immediately the probe starts getting to work and it starts collecting uh, rocks and it's just start putting together rocks and there's this scene goes on for even though the scene's probably like two minutes long it's way too long it's and so so i i have written down that the first four minutes of the movie are the best four minutes of the movie and as soon as they get sucked into the uh the probe or like the ship it all goes downhill <laughs> yeah so yeah this probe has no well i mean i guess it's pretty advanced because it can fly everywhere so i guess it doesn't really need wheels but i said nasa sent a probe to pick up rocks and vacuum because uh, an uh a suction <laughs> tube comes out and suctions up and suctions up mac and then apparently their whole family because they have no bones <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh yeah so it sucks them up in the bones and then the the probe not used to sucking up four disgusting uh creatures uh short circuits and flies away back to earth which is pretty like again pretty advanced technology mm-hmm. to yeah, for no, 1988 it's impressive. it's impressive technology in this theoretical universe yeah yeah and if it's saturn like i believe it would take what, like eight years nine yeah. years to fly there and back does it the same night yeah immediately goes back <laughs> Yeah, and so uh, Mars took the, us what six, <laughs> and that's that's past that. Oh yeah. Well, Mars only takes, depending on the engine, it takes about nine months to get to Mars. Yeah, but you got to get past Mars Saturn. Saturn and is Jupiter way to even dream of reaching Saturn. Like that's oh, a long yeah, Saturn is far. Yeah. And you got to get through the well. Dashwood belt's different, but that's not the. This isn't a astronomy podcast. This is <laughs> a say, nonsense how, podcast. How dare we apply these actual astronomical scientific terms to this god awful movie? Yeah, it's it's bad. So, uh, I just as the Googled probe... it. It takes three years and two months to fly to Saturn, so that would be a total of six and a half years there. Yeah. And the probe just got there. So it immediately pulls away and is like, we're done. We're done. It's over. And so... <laughs> so the three years later, thing, yep. We got some rocks. <laughs> See ya. <laughs> it, flies, it flies away, and uh, it flies away, and then the credits roll up, and I immediately wrote down, I wonder how many of these people ever worked again. <laughs> <laughs> and so the uh, the probe flies away. It goes back to Earth, and it lands in the secret government facility. And the astronauts are taking it apart. They're, work, they're looking at it. Looking, they pulled out tubes of dirt, and like Dawson said, they're pretty happy with the dirt and rocks that they got. They're, they're stoked. And so there's these... Uh, ro- science guys in hazmat suits they're inside working on the machine and then there <laughs> are uh, science guys behind the thing 
behind the glass, like looking at them and thing. And so I said, I, uh, these science guys are smart because they say big words. And oh my gosh, they say big words. <laughs> they say a lot of know, big words. Oh, do they ever? I don't know how much of it ever it actually means anything, but they are, they're yakking about something. It reminded oh, me um, of, did you, did you guys ever play, there was a iPhone game, that, or like a phone game that came out called like Space Team or something. And the premise of it was you and your friends would all download it and like Bluetooth connect your phones together and you'd all have like different control panels and it was meant to like simulate oh, yeah. it was meant to like simulate being in like a sci-fi movie when like your ship's going down and you have to complete a bunch of tasks to like for like uh, safety yeah. measures. And it would say things like disengage the flim flom or stuff like that. Like just <laughs> at just nonsensical words. You'd have to figure out who had that thing. It'd be like set the gra- set the gravometer to seven, and if you didn't do all of it in time, you you like lost or something. That's what that scene felt like. It, like you said, it felt like they were saying words, but none of them melt. None of them actually meant yeah. anything. I'm looking at it right. I'm looking at a screenshot right now. It says uh, set set the shift on shift sanitizer to one, and then uh, <laughs> set the sigma clapper to zero. Yeah, <laughs> sigma clapper. <laughs> so. Yeah, it was it's 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 the classic writer's move of just put any random science jargon you can think of mm-hmm. into the um into the movie. <laughs> so they're working on the machine and they realize that there's something inside. Like there's there's the classic trope of Dunk dunk, you hear that? I didn't hear anything. Dunk dunk, there it is again. <laughs> Somehow only one scientist can hear this loud and obvious banging sound. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So, they uh, they they eventually the machine breaks out and they're all shot out into space, shot out into the space of the the lab. Mac and his disgusting family. So Whistling Mac is tiny enough. Yeah, Mac is tiny enough that he immediately uh, run, runs out of the facility. And he's super tiny, and they cut to a few dis, a few disturbing shots of like a child that has. Because it's not like it's not like um, it's not like it doesn't have the proportions to be like a dwarf, like you would see in like Star Wars with like the Ewok stuff. It doesn't have the same port. So it's obviously yeah. like a child that they've put just in this running. suit that's just <laughs> running, slapping its horrible feet against the ground. And so Mac Mac runs out a different way. Uh, Mac's family, his dad has like alien strength, so he likes smashes his way through the glass and out of the facility and the scientists just let him go yeah they just they just let him walk out and so they yeah. walk out and they bust out through the back through the back <laughs> wall and into the desert while mac takes out goes out the front door where immediately everybody all the military guys are uh whipping their rifles out <laughs> and putting them at, at putting them at mac who uh continues to run away and so I, I, I wrote down eventually, but I said, eat your uh, eat your heart out, E.T. Because E.T. notoriously, they went back and painted out all the guns in the movies to be walkie-talkies. <laughs> so, but this movie, this movie's got guns, and we'll talk about very specific guns uh, towards the end. <laughs> but this movie's this movie does not give one crap about that. Shock full so, of guns. Yeah. So Mac tries to escape, and. Uh, he hits the fence, which is electrified, to call co- and causes the next horrid worst thing I've ever seen—a stretched-out Mac. And, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that made no sense. 
he just touches yeah. this electric I was like, and for what some the reason heck that causes is happening? his body to like stretch out. I, I have no idea what that was yeah. supposed to be. Yeah, and I was like, nothing is going to be able to kill these things. Like, yeah. Yeah. And then we proceed to watch him like turn into a tumbleweed and then splatter on someone's windshield. He's hit by like four cars. <laughs> I, I wrote wish. down Mac is in, Mac is invincible. I, I have that written killed. down. Those exactly those exact words. Uh, I said, "Baby alien escapes by being invincible and splattering into a windshield, and then being by from being blown away by helicopter wind. So he's I, light as air and also invincible." <laughs> I just wrote down. I wish that crash had killed the baby alien. Oh boy, do we all? <laughs> so he gets splattered on the windshield, and it's his dad and the kid in the car. Who uh, I think he's got, he's got his kid in the front seat, but I don't think that's exactly uh, according to the law. But I don't know the law, the seatbelt. It was laws also in, the eighties. Uh, I mean, yeah, <laughs> much more lax. They, they could have in the eighties seatbelts. Seatbelts were optional. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so the dad and the kid like they're like, <laughs> and they freak out and they t-bone another car. And they they spin off the road, and then they and cars start hitting each other, and then eventually, most of the way, where a truck somehow ramps another car, jumps yep. over the car, and slams into the into the car before hitting the dad and the kid. So it's like, so it's and like then this insane car crash. And I'm like, those people are. I wrote down those people are dead. I wrote down then. I wrote down, holy crap, they got a Fast and Furious stunt in this movie on accident. Yeah, exactly. We see where the budget went. <laughs> but then then it cuts to Eric and Michael and like the main family or whatever. And yeah. uh, and they're like, oh my gosh, I can't believe no one's dead. And I'm like, no way. <laughs> like, yeah. they so, are. Like, yeah, And so I think they mentioned that, like, oh, wow, th- there's a car that jumped the other cars and landed on the other one. Some- and somehow no one's hurt. And I'm like, yeah. What is going on? I liked when it first happened and there was some dude standing outside the car and they're like, what happened? And the guy goes, nothing serious. I wrote down that too. I wrote, nothing serious with exclamation point. A guy says after a car ramped off another car in a massive crash. Yeah. So in this process, we are in in, during the scene after the scene, we are introduced to the main character of the film. Eric, who is the youngest brother, uh, Michael, the oldest, and then their mom, who are currently in the process of driving from Chicago to California after their dad's passing. Why are they moving to California? I have no idea. It's never really talked about. I guess their dad is dead, so they have to move. Uh, (laughs) And not just move a little bit away. No, no. They must move as far away as possible. To California. Huh? It's Friday in California. (laughs) So, um... Yeah, so we're introduced, and uh, Eric is like, "What's going on?" And uh, M- Michael, the older brother, is like, "It's probably an AUI." He's like, "What's in it? What's that?" He's like, "Alien under the influence," and then gives the greatest <laughs> on-screen laugh I've ever heard in my life. I had to rewind it and make sure I heard it correctly, and I did. Yeah, <laughs> and so uh, so during this, uh, Max sneaks into their car. Why? I don't know. Because the movie ne- <laughs> because because movie needs to happen and plot needs to progress. So Mac does because this. because, because Mac Mac being knockoff it uh, et couldn't go on a bike ride with a kid. <laughs> he couldn't he couldn't go on a bike ride with the kid. He had to find a kid with a wheelchair so he could ride down the street with him instead. Yeah, and so. 
Yeah, so then we go through, and <coughs> the the government is, the, as they pass through, the government is uh, searching through their cars, and they don't know what's going on. And so the government searches through, and the dude sees, does the most serious search I've ever seen in the, <laughs> the movie. And he, like, has this, like, 1980s really dim flashlight, and he just, like, flashes it inside the truck, inside the van, like, goes a little bit behind the windows, which the windows have shades. Like, not, like, they have, like, <laughs> shades, like you yeah. have on a window. Mm. So most we're 80s, in the 80s car ever. Yeah, we're definitely <laughs> in the 80s. And so... He shines it in, looks around, but doesn't see anything because it, he's, yeah. So, because movie needs to happen. Because movie. And so they get waved on through and they drive through. So this event, this, uh, I guess, jump starts the plot of Mac being separated from his family because they're, his family busts out of this, the place in Nevada and Mac is being driven into California. And so we immediately cut from that to a scene where essentially Mac's family is like trudging through the desert with the most dramatic music I've ever heard. <laughs> and they're like they're like dying. I wrote, there are two totally different movies going on right here. Like Mac's having <laughs> crazy shenanigans with um with his family and we uh the crazy shenanigans with the family and then his Mac's family are dying in the desert. <laughs> so two very different tones going on. Yeah. Yep. And so we cut out to we cut out to the next scene where uh, my Eric and company are now in California, and they all compliment how nice this area is, but they're still on the freeway. So, <laughs> so yeah. So they eventually get to their house, and this is my favorite exchange in the entire movie. Yep. They pull up to the house, and they're talking about all oh, this. They're doing the usual family jokes. They're like, oh, can we afford this? Is like, no, I have to sell your brother. Oh, ha, 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 ha. Great, <laughs> great, great family banter. For because you can tell they really love each other by the banter they have. So great mm -hmm. banter, great banter. And so the, this scene has they... my favorite quote in the whole movie. <laughs> And so they immediately pull up, and so as soon as they pull up, a, one of the moving guys chucks down a box, and then the mom hops out. He's like, careful, that's my stuff. He's like, Max, lady, it's just our moving pads. And she's like, okay. And that is my favorite exchange in this entire movie. I, my favorite I, line in this whole movie comes from Michael. Yeah. And when they're in the car and they're driving... And they're like in their subdivision. He goes, "Welcome, Cal welcome to California. Women have no fear. Your hormonal hero is here." Well, Michael said that. Michael, Whoa, yeah. I do not yeah. remember that line. Yeah, at all. yeah Michael <laughs> said that. Michael said that. I rewinded and I said, "What?" <laughs> yeah, fear not, women of California. Your hormonal hero is here. And I wrote down hormonal hero. Just I have, totally just went under the, I have written down. Which Michael. I don't think he's incorrect by the step by what happens in this film. I think <laughs> I think Michael's onto something. He might be. I have he is pretty down, hormonal. <laughs> I have written His down. It's incredible that Michael is impressed by a two-car garage existing in this house. He, this is the eighties. That was like, like, whoa, a two-car garage. <laughs> and I'm like, wow, this is very. You can tell what time this movie's taking place in. Exactly. Well, and yeah, then like um, going back to how the aliens communicate with whistling when they get out of the car and Mac follows behind, he catcalls at Debbie across the street. Yeah, the neighbor. Yeah, girl. another eight-year-old across the street. <laughs> it was very clearly a catcall with the whistle, and I was, was like, yeah. "What?" 
I was like, of all the whistles you chose to do? I, al yeah. I also have written down here because Debbie introduces herself by like yelling or I forgot who initiates that interaction. She, she introduces herself as the weird kid across the street tent camping and talking about animal yeah, she spirits. Goes, she goes, I'm communicating <laughs> with the earth pretty, spirits. Yeah. And then Michael promptly goes, okay. And then turns around <laughs> and walks into the house. Yeah, Debbie's doing, uh, I mean, while Debbie is my favorite character in this entire film, <laughs> uh, she's doing, I can't, I can't not, I cannot let it pass. She's doing some pretty heavy uh, cultural appropriation there as just as a Native American. Uh, that's True. not cool, Debbie. Uh, <laughs> not cool at all. Debbie is, well, Debbie is my favorite. Sorry, Debbie, you canceled. It's over. <laughs> Good way to go. You're, you're done. You're, you're done. done. You're done. So uh, we walk into the house, and I, I, I wrote it down. Um, uh, so their mom gives them a uh, run down the house. She's talking about how you uh, there's no steps in the house. You can see through every window. You can get through everything. And I'm like, wow, props to mom for being very wheelchair conscious. That's really cool of her. So we gotta give we gotta give uh, the due diligence. Gotta give them uh, props <laughs> where they're due. So good job, mom. I can, my claps will not come through, so I'll just on mine clapping. Just I can like, hear it. You know, I could hear him. It only comes through when I'm talking, so I'll continue to talk while I clap. There you go. That won't okay. get out. So, uh, yeah. So uh, immediately, I. Th but since you did, you they didn't exclusively state where they were from, but you pretty heavily quickly pick it, it up yeah. as everything is labeled from Chicago, like literally everything. There, and uh, they're wearing bears stuff, cubs stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I want to ask later you guys, on how do you feel about these? <laughs> how about how do you feel about these bears fans? I feel bad for them because they're bears fans. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Although technically, with it be, with it taking place in 1988, that was only three years after the '85 Bears who won the Super Bowl and had yeah. maybe one of, and had maybe the best defense in the history of the NFL. So they were riding high off of that at least. So I don't feel too bad for them, but. They haven't God, had much sense. Yeah, God help them. Say, one might say they're still riding high off of it. <laughs> Some Bears fans, yeah, that's all they have to hang their hat on. Yeah, I was hoping that I was like, oh, I couldn't remember, but I was hoping there might have been a uh, sports game that popped up, so we get a little bit more of uh, Matthew's uh, sports. <laughs> Uh, no, badly. So, I was looking and I didn't see anything. The one, yeah. so the one time it is said that they are from Illinois is actually when later on in the movie when uh, Eric puts Mac in a stuffed bear oh, and yeah. and uh, Debbie's mom is like, why why does he have this thing? Like that's a little odd. And she goes, oh, he's from Illinois. It's a great explanation <laughs> for odd behavior. <laughs> So yeah, I just I I don't know what it's specifically referencing, but I wrote down I hate Mac so much. So yeah, yeah, um, that's about right. So uh, in <laughs> one single scene, I counted there are three product placements. There is <laughs> uh, Michael uh, Eric is chowing down on a bag of Skittles. Mm -hmm. uh, he is yep. drinking from a uh, cool can of Coca Cola, and when he looks longfully at his picture of his dad and his family. Which his dad seems like he's sixty five. Um, <laughs> he does look really old in that picture. He looks sixty five. You can barely, you can very see clearly a dos exi dos equis dos exi dos equis. <laughs> Are you yourself. okay there? Dos equis dos equis dos equis. You got it. Dos equis. <laughs> Umbrellas in the background. So 
We snuck in that product. I missed that one. Yeah, I didn't see that one at all. I wrote down all the product placements I saw, and it was Coke, Skittles, McDonald's, obviously, and Sears. Sears. (laughs) Yeah, but this is like all in one scene because this is like that's insane. Yeah, he looks at his dead dad picture, and I'm like, I can definitely see how they paid for this movie. And so, uh, yeah, they. uh, So immediately after they move in, uh, Max starts messing with stuff. There's a scene where uh, he turns on Eric's TV without it being plugged in. Eric takes the batteries out of his remote control car, and Mac lights that up. Mac messes with their shower and then walks through their house with stinky feet. So Mac is already uh, being a turd. The alien's powers are so... They're just never explained, but he seems to be able to turn electronics on without them being plugged in yeah. which definitely Seems comes from et <laughs> yeah, yeah. Does it? i wouldn't know he's got, he's got some sort of electronic strength powers because his dad's got strength yeah we'll get into that later uh i wrote down uh these performances are immaculate because these wow i these <laughs> this line delivery is pretty pretty something because i mean i don't fault anybody for these li- for their lines of delivery because this line <laughs> this writing is shallow like if you dived yeah. off of a of a off of a diving board into this writing you would crack your skull open because it's so shallow it's like it's it's so paper thin that it's basically see-through <laughs> i can see i can see through to a better movie <laughs> so as as the day goes on Eric starts to wonder about this little creature that is that's roaming around their house, and uh, later at night, he and uh, so Mac she follows Mac outside, and then Debbie, Debbie the culturally appropriating neighbor kid, uh, says that she saw Mac and saw him walking out, and he's like, it's like oh she, 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 she asks like oh do you know him? He's like oh yeah it's my brother, assuming that he's talking about Michael, and she's like. Where are these people from? Are from Illinois. <laughs> so, so yeah. And I, I, wrote, I wrote down that no one except for Debbie has depth perception because they can never see Mac when he's standing right next to them or like yeah. right behind them. And so mm-hmm. we get into so we get into later in the movie and it's at night and they're uh, his mom is hanging up. Their mom is hanging up some paintings. Michael is sawing some stuff for some reason in the middle and of some, the carpeted the living room. Living room. <laughs> it's so Awful. bad. That is going to be a he pain has to a clean sheet up. Down. He has it's a like sheet it's down. it's literally balled up. <laughs> like it's it's all that sheet is only going to do up. so much. Yeah. Uh, Poor planning by yeah. Michael. It's okay so, because the next day the living room is obliterated anyway by Mac. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so yeah. So, <laughs> this is where I wrote down they have these people have no peripheral vision because, and so, and <laughs> exactly. like what Dawson said, uh, Mac walks up to their entire glass window that takes up an entire wall of their house and just walks up and is just standing there. <laughs> it is pitch black outside and there's all the lights on in the entire house. And, <clears throat> He walk. She walk. He walks in. He's just standing there, and these people cannot see a thing. He's Michael is right there next to the door. His mom like walks past it, and it's like, are you people blind? Yeah, it's like the, it's I, insane. I just wrote down the alien goes way too long without being noticed. Exactly. I timed how long? Forty three minutes and thirty seconds. 
Whoa. Yeah, it's 43 <laughs> it's minutes into this movie and until the two main characters in this movie characters meet. meet. Yes. Yeah. And he doesn't get his name until about an hour and eight minutes in. Yeah, that, yeah. that didn't come into play till like, way late. They don't <laughs> well, explain it. He just goes, he goes, oh, here you go, Mac. I'm well, like, no, he says it when they... Well, here, we'll get to it, but they, he says it earlier. I'll tell you when. He does, yeah. Um, so, uh, so, yeah. So, the next day comes... And my, my Eric wakes up first. He gets out of bed, and I wrote, "Bro sleeps in a full hoodie." <laughs> <laughs> he was in a full hoodie. I've like, seen I've seen people do that, I guess. <laughs> but I get like, but it's like different being on like vacation. But like in your house, like being yeah. in a full hoodie, like <laughs> unless it's really cold, which it's not, because he lives in California now. It doesn't really make any yeah. sense. Exactly. Yeah. So. Eric wakes up and Mac is immediately drilling holes to the wall, just like <laughs> almost, not even like almost into Eric's anything. skull. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's he's pretty close to killing him, and so then he goes to the front door and Mac draws cuts a triangle in the front door. Yeah, and so then the rest of the house is completely covered in dirt and trees and everything, and Mac has drug all this stuff in overnight <laughs> i have back-to-back notes written down one is from the scene where the where uh eric gets put to bed mac is standing like in the doorway whistling again and i wrote somehow nobody is hearing the whistling of this dumb alien even though it's in the middle of the house and then and his the parents note, are able to hear it miles and miles right. away and then the second note <laughs> yeah. i wrote down was relating to the morning in the scene you're describing and it said i said somehow the alien taught itself how to use power tools and effectively destroy the house and yet nobody was alerted to it at all exactly it's, it's yeah. incredible my favorite part so, about that whole sequence is that the kid in the wheelchair gets blamed for it all yeah right <laughs> they blame, they blame eric. how on earth you do you think he eric? managed to do that <laughs> It's like you, you think I brought shot? everything in here with just myself. Like, <laughs> there's a part. His mom they, immediately they, goes, "Hmm." <laughs> like, they have an entire thing where they have a uh, uh, a deer head, like a uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, a deer head that was uh, hung up on the wall. How do you think he got that down? He is in a wheelchair. He cannot do that. <laughs> <laughs> and so, yeah, and so. Being distraught, uh, my Eric goes outside. I keep wanting to call him Michael, but Michael's the older one. And so Eric goes outside, and here we get to the iconic scene. He hears <laughs> some whistling uh, yeah. down the hill, and so Eric goes to investigate, and then immediately starts rushing downhill. His brakes on his wheelchair break, and he goes straight off of a cliff. The you iconic Paul Rudd. You watch Paul anything Rudd from this entire movie. Watch that scene. Yeah, our describing it is never going to do it just enough. Just look up uh, Mac and Me wheelchair scene, and it will. It will. It, it, that's what you'll find. It so just look it up. It's insane. perfect. The fact that their mom bought property at wheelchair accessible but didn't like wall off the back yeah. so he doesn't like go down this massive hill that ends in a cliff yeah. and then <laughs> drops off i just and then she I just, <laughs> and then she sees him at the bottom of it after like debbie screams for her and she goes i can't believe he would do something like this and it's like it's not his fault he's yeah. in a wheelchair and he's going downhill i just wrote yeah. down i'm no expert but i feel like off-roading in a wheelchair on a steep hill is never a good idea <laughs> exactly 
you think the kid they think the family uh moving in with a kid in a wheelchair living next to a literal cliff yeah would uh yeah and so i wrote max straight up tried to kill that kid because he <laughs> was whistling and luring eric out there he tried to murder Eric, but then <laughs> he convinced. realizes the arrows of his ways, and he saves Eric from drowning because Debbie saw him fall down, fall down the uh, the cliff off the cliff, and she's just like shouting. There's nothing they can do, and he's about to drown, like literally drown. Yeah, literally. But uh, fortunately, Max saves him, and I cannot think of a worse thing than being in the same uh, area as that stupid puppet when it would be wet. <laughs> Because there's like a scene yeah. where Mac, oh, Mac yeah. dives into the water, it and it's just, it's just, Mac dives into the water, and he just like it's just a, a wide shot of the puppet slowly sinking yeah. into the into the little pond or lake, but so it's the funniest thing. It really, but is. yeah, it's it's it's, it's insane. I'm convinced <laughs> that Mac is actually secretly trying to murder them all for the first half of this movie. Yeah. Uh, and so, and one might one might say for the latter half, but uh, we'll get into that. True, very and, true. And so, uh, they they call the ambulance. They get the medics. They pull Eric out of it. They he's coming in with the doctors and everything. And he's talking to the doctors. He's like, it's like, uh, what are they talking about? Like, what happened? And he's talking about the little creature. But <laughs> uh, Debbie does not does not talk about the the creatures because she's the only one other person who's seen Mac. And so she does not talk about him. And she's like, uh, she's like, I, I would have said something, but they wouldn't have believed me. And they just think I'm crazy. And I was like, Debbie is a real one. She's, she sees <laughs> through the lies of the sheeple and she is, above, she's elevated. <laughs> she's above it all. She's, she's, she's a real one. A real well, one. And so, the funny thing about that scene too, is like the doctor goes, could we have a moment alone? And then just hands, Eric, these drugs out of his pocket yeah. directly yeah. from the, the pills. Thing, the eighties, baby. He asked the parent <laughs> to leave the room before drugging the child. <laughs> he gives him a mild sedative, but yeah. for yeah. some reason, Eric is one hundred percent awake for the rest of this time. Yeah, right. and so uh, <laughs> so this is mild when... sedative. Hmm, might have been something else. Maybe severe sedative. <laughs> we'll just we'll just lay it at that. Yeah, he gave him an opiate. <laughs> Eric is no <laughs> So he's chasing that high for the rest of the movie. Yep. So um So this is when uh, we're introduced to Debbie's or not we're reintroduced because you got introduced to her earlier, but we're introduced to Debbie's uh sister, uh to whose name I totally forgot and I have no idea what it is. I but wrote I she can't remember is... either. Where is it? Courtney. Courtney. So we're going to introduce Courtney, who is wearing, who is ready to go to work, and she works at McDonald's. She's got she's already in her her apron, and so Michael comes into the room and he sees De he sees um uh, he sees Courtney, and he's like, "Wow!" And the and hormonal like, hero strikes again. <laughs> yeah, hormonal hero is at it again, and so he he he's, um he talks to her, and he's like, "Oh, maybe you should come by." Yeah, and Debbie just single delivers my single-handed favorite line, like the <laughs> exchange I talked about earlier was my favorite exchange. But this is my favorite line. She's like, "Yeah, why don't you stop by for a Big Mac?" And I was like, "Debbie is ruthless. She owned <laughs> him. He roasted him. This is like flame broiled that kid. He is done. It's over." <laughs> <laughs> oh, I forgot. She also delivered another one of my 
<laughs> favorite lines from the movie just before this uh classic debbie line uh she said to eric when she was talking to him about like not telling them about mac she said they already think you've got schizophrenia oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so debbie uh cultural appropriative and not sensitive to uh mental disorders so she's already got two strikes against her if we get if we hit three we might lose. <laughs> we might have to disown her as our favorite character yeah i mean i'm sorry you're debbie you're skating on thin ice you're insensitive to mental disorders i'm so sorry ice it's it's over she little debbie oh man <laughs> oh man Cracking this case <laughs> wide open. So then uh, we cut to the next, to the following night where uh, Eric says he's planning on capturing, or this, the, the night that they're, of the day that they're in, he plans on capturing the uh, uh, Mac. And so he, he puts his plan together. Uh, Michael's too busy rizzing up Courtney in the other room. He rizzes. <laughs> the hormonal Wait, you, hero has set his riz to 10 because he's on forgot. the floor with her. You skipped life. over a great scene when they're dropping their mom off at work for the first oh, yeah, time in 10 years. <laughs> she works at Sears. So R. she's R. able to afford this great house. She hasn't worked in 10 years, and now she's going to work for Sears. So I don't see how feasible this plan is financially. Well, I assume they bought the house with the dad's life insurance. Probably. <laughs> So it's just, I don't know how she's going to continue to, uh, maybe she paid it off completely, but that mortgage, definitely not, definitely not uh, able to pay that on a a Sears salary. Uh, But when he drops his mom off, when they drop their mom off, uh, Michael delivers a classic line. He goes, you know what? I feel like a Big Mac, a man that's Mm. a genius. The second time a Big Mac was specifically mentioned within like five minutes of screen time. Yep. And I was like, oh my gosh, that line is just out of nowhere and absolutely atrocious. Not to mention Michael almost T-bones a woman who calls him an idiot on the drive over to Sears. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, he almost almost causes another car crash. It'd have been a lot. And so, so yeah, (laughs) so we cut to the, we cut to the night. And uh, Matt, like we said, Michael's rising up, rising up Courtney in the other room, uh, on the phone, not in person, over the phone. He's yeah. he's set his riz to ten, and he's aimed it through the phone. And so, <laughs> uh, Eric sets up his plan, which is to capture Mac by putting up Coke cans, uh, little cups of Coke all over the place. He put ones on a bell, and then puts it in the hallway, and then puts it in his room, and. Instead of Reese's Reese's pieces. (laughs) Exactly. And so he puts the coat coat around and Debbie comes in and he straps a vacuum to Debbie's back to capture this. And then Debbie's like, she says like, it's like, did I tell you that I bruise easily? And I just wrote down, Debbie's my favorite. I love Debbie. (laughs) She's great. And so they, uh, Mac fall, uh, like as the movie should progress, uh, Again, we are at the 40-minute mark, and this is the first yeah. time they're actually getting introduced. He uh, falls for the trap, and they eventually suck uh, Mac into the vacuum, which leads to yeah. probably if, actually a pretty if, great scene, which uh, which I love, is Mac inside the vacuum and Debbie getting like dragged all <laughs> dragged over the place. Across the she house. literally goes 
up the wall over up the wall over the ceiling. And that part was good. It looks like a, <laughs> it looks like a horror movie where like someone's getting dragged yeah. around by like a demon or a ghost, but it's just Mac in the vacuum. Just so it is a demon. Hinged lunacy. Just, Absolutely. Just psychotic. It's insane. Indeed. And and so they go through and they eventually he's like, You got him stuck in the thing. He's like, I got it's got I got a I got Mac. And this is where he says his name. He's like, I got Mac. It's like, oh, Mac. yeah. It's like, mysterious alien creature. And I was like, somebody should be arrested for that line. <laughs> I forgot about that line. I just tuned it out. I So okay, because they right. don't meet, they don't meet for literally half the movie. I was like, this shouldn't be named Mac and me. So I thought of three alternate names <laughs> that this right. should it should be called instead. Uh, Debbie or Mac and Debbie <laughs> being the first one. <laughs> Okay. Yeah. Baby, baby alien and the wilderness, or Eric and his dumb brother. <laughs> How dare you, Michael is my second favorite character. How dare you? Oh, trust me, he he's my favorite character in this movie, but he, he's so dumb. He is not. How dare you diss our hormonal hero? <laughs> the wonderful, the wonderful Wizard of Oz. The Wizard of Oz. Uh. I couldn't think of any more Riz lines. Um, Rizzly so, <laughs> uh, yeah, bear. So they, Rizzly bear. Uh, so they eventually, they eventually stop, <laughs> and he he lets Mac out, and they've apparently killed Mac by stucking him in this vacuum, and so <laughs> they they get him. What do they get him to to revive him? They give him ice cold Coca Cola. Heck yeah. And, <laughs> And uh, Eric makes the astute observation of this must be what they're like on their what they drink on their home planet. Coca Cola is so, so good at advertising and uh, distribution that they're not only in Africa but also on Saturn. <laughs> yeah, they're on a moon. They're on Titan, the moon of Saturn. <laughs> and so they, so Mike Michael sees the creature and they believe the creature, and t- Debbie is out of there because their mom their mom arrives home and they're like we're gonna tell our mom about this we're gonna come clean and we're gonna be real and debbie's like i am out of here i am not getting blamed for this and she just bounces debbie is not having it (laughs) and so she bounces and so their mom walks in and she goes to talk to the boys (laughs) and they're like we found this creature he's over here and they go over there gone of course he's gone because the plot because this movie has 99 demands for some reason (laughs) And so we cut to the next day and uh, the whole house Eric is spotless. His, yeah. <laughs> Mac came back at night. He cleaned up the house. He apparently fixed the hole he drilled in the wall and the square he cut in the door. How? Who, he, knows? Like, Who cares? I, doesn't matter. He did it and it doesn't matter. <laughs> Plot happened overnight. Well, and then their mom, <laughs> she comes out and she's like, did you guys do this? And they're like, no, it was the the creature that we were talking about. And she's like, no. And they were like, well, do you really think we would do it, this? Do you really think that we would do this? <laughs> and she goes, you're right. And immediately just believes them after not believing that they destroyed the house. She's like, no, they wouldn't possibly clean this house, though. So mm-hmm. that's more believable that an alien came and cleaned the house than my children actually cleaning this house. Yeah. <laughs> That's what uh, so, that's what turns her over is the yeah. fact that the house is clean. Yeah. So Eric, Eric and his mom go on a run, or more like his mom goes and run. And Eric goes for a ride, and so pats his head occasionally. 
Exactly. And so <laughs> Mac, Mac, who ran off the last night, the night before, he now wants to hang out with them and follow them. So he steals one of the one of the neighborhood kids' electric cars and starts an insane chase with a bunch of dogs <laughs> who are trying to kill him. And a bunch of that, the couple dogs that almost get hit by a car. I know. There's like a, there's a couple <laughs> scenes where like the dogs like try to like Tokyo drift Horrible. around the corner, and the dogs like slip and fall. And it's like, yep. wow, this is this is real. This is brutal. I wrote down and that so one of them event. hit a Mario Kart drift around a corner. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I I and wrote so, that uh, that Mac can drive better than Michael. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> He's better, but maybe not. Too much better because he eventually launches himself off of a off a hill and crashes the car and gets himself stuck in the tree, which leads to the greatest music cue in cinematic history. This one where Mac, so bad. Mac is stuck in the tree, which we haven't had any other music. Like this has just been like the orchestral stuff. We haven't had any other like like professional music in this movie. And so also it's just like a a weird cut. Where Mac is in the tree, and he's like, and the opening line is like, I'm tired of being all by myself or something like that. Yeah, something <laughs> like that. And so, uh, it's by Bobby Caldwell, Take Me and I'll Follow. And so, they go outside. And so, they're running down, and it's in the scene far away where um, uh, Mac and so his mom and they they go back to the house. And so, they go to work. And so, later in the day, uh, they have a birthday party to go to, and so Michael takes his takes their mom to work, drop them off at Sears, and how does she get home from Sears? Don't ask her too many questions. Who knows? Um, <laughs> stop asking questions. <laughs> and so we uh, there. So Michael takes his mom to Sears, and Debbie's mom is going to come by and pick up Eric to go to this birthday party that they got invited to. But Mac suddenly shows up, and so Mac is, like, all sad, and he's all depressed, and like, oh. But then the government shows up outside. So the government, the CIA, the men men in gray. How'd they get here? We don't know. They're not competent, clearly, in this movie. They tracked him. Did you not hear in the movie? They tracked him. (laughs) Yep. And so they tracked him. With their tracky thingamajiggers. Yep. Yeah, exactly. So... They tracked him down, and so they're like, oh, we can't leave Mac in the house. And so they get this genius idea to put, to, to tear out the stuffing of this gigantic bear's teddy bear, which is apparently <laughs> the mascot of the bears. And so he tears, it, he tears out all the stuffing and, bring, and brings it with him. It's this four-foot-tall teddy bear <laughs> that literally moves around and stuff. And even Debbie's mom comments and she's like isn't he a little old for a teddy and he's like and so they get then in the she car goes, oh he's from illinois say, that's where the he's <laughs> yeah. from illinois line fits yeah also while debbie's trying to the... stall <laughs> while debbie's trying exactly. to stall, stall with her mom she goes oh i think he's changing out the uh, steering wheel on his wheelchair that was one of my favorite lines from this movie <laughs> he's she also said he might have a high a flat tire yeah. So there we go. That yeah. might be her third tick right no, there. No, no. That's <laughs> how she's big. She's 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 close making fun of the differently able. She's she's very close. That was like a that's like a foul tip in baseball. Like it's not quite strike three, but if it was if she just missed the ball a little bit. She's nice. got She's got three balls and two strikes as a pitcher. Full count. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. So 
So they put they get, put the bear in the thing. The bear is by by the way. So this is when uh, they've put a child in a costume of some kind because yep. Mac moves around a lot, <clears throat> and so he's talking about it, and he's like, "Oh, I've had him for a, a long time," and she's like, "He's like, she's like, oh, does your bear <laughs> move?" It's like, "Oh yeah, he's one of those new electronic bears." She's like, "I thought you had him for a long time." He's like, "Oh yeah, you just got a upgrade with the uh, microchip with new microchips." <laughs> you know, the and I wrote down. I wrote down, Eric is a rock under pressure. Dude is, <laughs> dude is rock solid. Oh, he is like, he is, re- he is throwing out these, 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 he's knocking them out of the park with these excuses. Just Incredibly like, unbelievable. Especially you when, not fool this man. When Debbie's mom starts the conversation, you go, she goes, How long have you been together? Which is the weirdest possible that way to say, How long have you had your, word. how long have you had this teddy bear? Yeah. Like, Debbie has yeah. to go from the back, not you and me, the bear. <laughs> yeah, and so they go to this birthday party. Where's the birthday party? McDonald's, McDonald's obviously. And so they pull up to the McDonald's. Weirdest the five minutes of the entire movie. <laughs> the weird. Uh, they pull up to the outside of the McDonald's where the '80s is happening, where a bunch of kids are uh, dancing Flash outside. Flash mobbing in the park. <laughs> dancing outside uh, to to John Larry Hart's "Send Out a Signal," and so. <laughs> Which is actually a pretty banger song. If I it was a good song. The, song. the song was I will say that the, the professional music they have in here is actually pretty decent. It's not bad. It's pretty yeah. decent. Pretty good. The and music so, is probably the best part of this movie, I guess. Like, yeah. And so he's, he's they're, they're breaking it down. They're bringing it down outside. They go inside, and who else but Ronald McDonald himself, who is credited in the credits as being Ronald McDonald, the man, the myth, the legend, is Ronald McDonald in this movie credited as himself. He walks up to Michael and he's like, it's like he pulls out some flowers, like, "Hey, my, or hey, Eric, how's it going?" And I wrote, "Eric has no time for Ronald's, uh, for Ronald's bull crap." He just <laughs> he ices him cold. He really does, yeah. Pays him no he, mind. I, yeah, he pays him. He doesn't care at all. And mm-hmm. so, the next strangest thing that happens is this movie progresses, and for some reason. A massive dance sequence, including the entire store, the local football team, and the breakdancing <laughs> teens from outside are just begins, and it's insane. And look up. This is one of those scenes you have to Google. You have to look up for yourself just to get the full weight of it. So just look up Mac and Me Dance Party. I feel it's, like it's crazy. This was one thousand percent. Intended to be like a McDonald's commercial at one point. Oh yeah, this was an ad. Without this a doubt a, in my mind. I wrote I, down. Uh, we interrupt your movie to, for a brief McDonald's commercial. <laughs> <laughs> I just wrote down that the McDonald's party scene looks like a fever dream. Oh yeah, it was psychotic. It was. And so, because then you, because you've also got Mac doing all his nonsense yeah. in the background, and then Mac. So apparently in this, I guess everyone believes this is a electronic bear because yeah. we sent a pro because the microchips, yeah, <laughs> microchips. Yes, We're living in an age of technology. We're living in a fascinating age of technology, and so everyone believes that this electronic bear has jumped up on the stand, uh, up on top of the counter, and is dancing, is doing a little jig. And the 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 most unrealistic part about all this is that the uh, uh, 
the workers look the happy. Are, the workers are happy, and they're like dancing <laughs> all the way, like, like, whoa, okay, whoa, this dude's crazy, whoa, and I'm like, that's no, that's not how that works. All those workers would be like, get out of the store, leave me get alone, and counter. let me get done with my shift. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So uh, the government guys eventually track them down, and Michael appears, and he has, uh, he's appeared. And so, Matt, and so to get away from the government guys, since they've realized that Mac is here and they're ready to capture him, they even they say almost hit the dancers unit. outside with their car. Yeah, they almost yeah. run over the dancers outside who are um, who are not phased at all and immediately start break dancing around these guys. Like it's <laughs> it's pretty stellar. And so you can just tell how exhausted the CIA guy is because he just stands in in the. Uh, in the doorway of the McDonald's and like another guy, one of his uh, other guys, his minions is like doing the other work and calling for help. But he is just standing there just drained of all energy. And is just <laughs> so over it. And so they go in and they start, they push past the local football team. They push past the dancers. They push past and they go to grab, get Mac and Mac does like a quintuple somersault in the air yep. lands onto Eric who ju- who rides out of the McDonald's <laughs> down a hill into the most insane wheelchair uh street but street uh chase yeah, it causes more cars these... to crash <laughs> yeah mm-hmm. the CIA guys are on foot they're rolling down the hill. They go through laundry. They go. Eric somehow spins into uncom- oncoming traffic and is nearly killed several times. They should be just dead. Like, I wrote down. Both yeah. him, both him and so, the aliens should be dead. Yeah. Again, Mac so is crazy. just trying to kill Eric this whole time. Yeah. <laughs> and Eric does. Eric pulls uh, a move right out of uh, uh, Back to the Future where he grabs onto the back of a car. That pulls him th- to Sears, and so he's zooming his way through Sears, <laughs> and they go past their mom, and so who's talking to a guy about lingerie? Yeah. <laughs> she goes, she goes, how long have you been in lingerie? <laughs> Which I assume just means he's a sales guy, but it's still yeah, a weird conversation. Very strange like, question. It, it's like there's a much movie. better ways to word that. <laughs> like, and of yeah. course, that's the and one so, line we hear from her as well. It's just like that's all we get yeah. from that conversation. And so Mac, so I get to the Sears, and Mac uses his excellent telekinetic electric powers to uh, make Sears uh, explode. And so <laughs> the TVs start shorting out, the automatic doors shut down, and so the guys eventually uh, chuck a TV through the window. But Eric is already long ahead, and Michael has appeared. Out of, out, out of the blue with the van and he tosses Mac into the car and then he uh, picks up he very Michael is ripped apparently Michael's because jacked he picks up, yeah <laughs> he picks up uh, Eric while he's going at like 40 miles an hour and picks <laughs> up his entire wheelchair and stuffs it into the car and so now <laughs> I think we, we're I now say we've officially entered into the climax of oh, yeah. the film because uh we we've we discovered the, that yeah. uh where these kids mac, are on the search for mac's family yeah mac finally we finally decipher where mac's family is because they communicate this <clears throat> terrible whistling and so <laughs> they get through uh 
I forget what specifically is happening, but I wrote down off screen. Michael has been schmoozing his way into a girlfriend because I think there's a point where uh, <laughs> Eric or where Michael and Courtney lock pinkies, and so they're like, they're, no, they like straight up hold hands on this drive. I'm pretty uh, sure yeah. Courtney's the only logical one about the whole Mac situation too. For a moment, she goes, maybe there's a reason that the you know the government's hunting him down. Like he could have a like a disease or whatever. Yeah, and exactly. then Eric's response to that was, he doesn't have a disease. And well, I'm like, you, okay, Dr. thank Eric. you. Medical professional, <laughs> medical professional, Eric taking the lead there. That's Eric MD to you. <laughs> I mean, dude's addicted to opiates. So he's, he's yeah. pretty smart about this stuff. <laughs> and so, and so uh, they, they follow this side. So, uh, they follow some sort of sign that they're looking for. It's and they fall out to them. Mac like cued them in. On, like he took a he like took a newspaper clipping or something. <laughs> of, yeah. Like horses and like the school or something. It was and... like a sign for like a gas company or something. Yeah, it was something. The fact that, that was, yeah. The fact that there was wild horses like that that's crazy. Horses. Like, yeah. And so they I feel like that's a rare out. sight. Yeah, they yeah. drive out like I think it's like twenty miles or something, and they drive out to the middle of nowhere and they find the sign, they find the horses, and they pull up to this cave. And it's this abandoned mine shaft, and so Eric goes inside and finds Mac's family, who look like they're dead. They're, yeah, like they, he he pokes one of their those, eyeballs. <laughs> all, yeah, that's how he finds out they're alive. And he, and one thing that cues me off. That that cues me off, but um, that like is really weird for me, is that he immediately can tell the separate genders of these characters. Like, yeah, it wasn't until well, this one of them is wearing a dress. That, <laughs> yeah, but I didn't realize that that was his, that was his sister. Like, he's like, oh, this must be Max's yeah, sister. I'm same. Like, How can you tell? <laughs> same. I was like, what? What, what is indicating here? I would have just been like, that's his sibling. I think they all look the same except the mom wears a dress. That's all you can see. That's the difference. Exactly. Gosh, I, so have, like, I have pictures of them pulled up. They are terrifying. This is they're terrifying. One of the worst. Disgusting and should be uh, eradicated from history. Yep. And so we finally get into it. Uh, and what else? What else? How do you revive them? How, how do you revive them? With a good old Coca Cola. The juice <laughs> of life. Coca-Cola. The, ne the nectar of the gods. He, he has descended. <laughs> and I wrote down, uh, I'm really glad that this uh, abandoned mind shift is ADA compliant because Eric can just wheel his way right in, in right on in there. No problems whatsoever. <laughs> I didn't even think right about in. that. Yeah. Super, super awesome that this has a, a big enough entrance and has uh, ramps. That's super dope of them. I'm so happy that these old mining prospectors were ADA compliant, were very uh, uh, disability conscious, wheelchair conscious, just like super cool dudes, real props to them. Awesome. And so <laughs> uh, so they feed them the Coca-Cola and they bring them back to life. And I wrote down, uh, oh, uh, Debbie delivers another killer line. He's like, hi, my name's Debbie. I'm from next door. I'm like, killing it, Debbie. <laughs> Keeping it 100, as always. Uh, I wrote down, uh, this would be a heartfelt reunion if these weren't single-handedly the most disgusting things I've ever seen. <laughs> and I so, totally understand why Michael's terrified that he's going to die for a moment there. Exactly, because mm -hmm. these things are disgusting. And so... Like, they're humanoid. It's gross. 
Yeah. And so you're like, oh, Mac is back with his family. This The plot should be ra- wrapped up, right? Nope. No. There's like 20 more minutes of this film left. <laughs> and oh boy, do they use them. And so they get Mac, they, his families arrive, they get Mac's family into the car. And oh my gosh, it is the loudest scene in like cinematic history because they just start yelling. His dad, the dad is like touching stuff. He like tore, he like re- put the tire iron in a bow. In a bow. And um, he's like messing with stuff, and they're just screaming and they're yelling. And oh my yeah, gosh, it's like stop. a four minute scene that feels like an hour. Mm-hmm. It goes on and on, and it just doesn't stop. It's excruciating. And just so eventually, noise. they pull up to they pull up to a gas station, and I'm like, all right, we're gonna go get some drinks, calm him down, get him some coke. Uh, and so they're gonna get some gas, and we'll call his mom. And so they get out of the car. Uh, Eric, uh, Michael and Courtney get out the car to go pay for the gas and the drinks. And so another car pulls up to him with two cool '80s chicks. And <laughs> one of the one of the one of the girls pop jumps out. He's like, "Oh, you want anything?" He's like, "Yeah, get me some smokes." And so <laughs> true. So 80s. They, get, they hop out of uh, hop out of the car, and so the the girl who's driving who wants the smokes looks to her left and sees Mac's dad. It's not freaked, freaked out, but has a little bit of sexual tension with these aliens for a second. It was very she's strange, like, her initial reaction. I couldn't figure out what exactly was happening. She is high. Um, so, <laughs> Evidently. <laughs> so is Eric this so, whole time. <laughs> exactly. He's, like you said, he's chasing that dragon. Uh, he... <laughs> And so she's she she basically does she doesn't say it but she like smiles and nods her head to say a uh, far out dude, and so eventually <laughs> she re- she reaches into her side console to pull out uh, a a a can of, of soda, but is not Coca Cola. I believe it's Verner's, but the top, the the <laughs> uh, logo has been twi- turned away from the can uh, camera, Convenient. so you can't really tell. And so she starts sipping it, uh, but the parent the kid the. Uh, the aliens don't know it's Coca-Cola, so they reach through with their stretchy, disgusting arms, smashes through the window of the of the van, and grabs the can out of his hand, and she freaks out, and then uh, they eventually get out of the entire family, gets out of the van, and goes into the store, and they start causing all kinds of havoc, and they knock over a can, a shelf, uh, the the cashier calls over her manager. The manager calls over her security, who immediately pulls out a gun. Just I also immediately. think it's, it's worth pointing out. They go. the The guy goes, "Security, I need security." And I think the cashier then goes, "Buck, we need you." So their security is just some dude named Buck <laughs> who has a gun. gun. Yeah, he's packing. He's got. He's got a. He's got a He's got a, a revolver. He pulls Buck it out immediately. Heat. And he's like, drop it, drop it, even though they're not holding anything. And eventually using his super holding strength. a watermelon or something? Or yeah. Not? He was holding a watermelon, but, by, but he kept saying, drop it, and he's not holding anything. <laughs> and so eventually uh, the dad snap, snatches the gun out of his hand, and he's walking around with his gun. And so... Eventually, the police come and are like, "They're now the police are here, or the sheriff's department is here in a standoff, and they've got their guns out, and they're like, their their guns are out, and uh, 
And they're like, back away, back away. And Michael runs in, who turns from like one of my second favorite character to my most hated character. Because he's like, they're not doing anything. They're not going to hurt you. They just don't know any better. And he repeats <laughs> that same line over and over again. The yeah. cop eventually like pulls him back into like a move that looks like he's taking uh, Michael hostage. Yeah. And he's like got his gun out. <laughs> he's got his arm wrapped around Michael's neck. And he's dragging him. And for some reason, they put Michael in handcuffs and throw him in the back of a cop car. For and so, reasons, yeah. Yeah. And so they back out of, of the store with their guns trained on them. And so they're, the family eventually does their stupid striding walk out of the store. Mm-hmm. And there's like they got they got like a box of Coca-Cola and like a grocery bag of stuff. So apparently they did some shopping. And so they come out. Oh. <laughs> and so they come out and they still got a gun and they're slowly walking over to the car and and the, co- and the cop's like, oh, move forward. Go get him. And he, he's got a gun. He's still holding the gun this entire time. Mind you, he's like uh, swinging it around. And it looks like he doesn't really know what a gun is because he probably yeah. He probably His finger's too big to get on the yeah. trigger. He just has it. Yeah. And so so they go over to the van. And the cops are moving forward. And one of the cops goes to jump over the vehicle and slips onto the ground. And his gun goes off. And... uh. Before this happens, Eric is like, let me go talk to him. I can get him to calm down. But they're not listening to him. And so Eric is like, all right, let's do this. And he reels over to them. But this is right as the the, the cops run out to go get him. And that's why they slip. He tries to catch Eric as he's going past him to keep him from going over there. And his gun goes off. And so the the alien turns around and whips his gun out to the cops. And the cops just start unloading. And just boom, 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 boom. (laughs) Boom, 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 boom. Boom, 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 boom. And they they just have the biggest budget explosion I've seen in such a crappy movie. And so in the version we watched, it looks like Eric gets killed by this explosion. But Eric is shot. Like a ton. <laughs> it says it says in here. It says uh, the shooting of Eric was explicitly shown in the Japanese VHS release of the film. For the film's yeah. mainstream release in theaters and home video, this scene was cut from the testing screen phase of the film, following negative reactions from test audience. The ultra version made it so that Eric would die off screen. And so, ah. from the look, from the version we got. Eric just flops back from the explosion, but no, he's shot. He's killed. I wrote, <laughs> "Eat your heart." I just wrote in all caps from I the explosion. Say, he was Holy pretty far crap. from that explosion. <laughs> That's why I was confused. Yeah. I wrote down um, somehow Eric died immediately. <laughs> With like yeah. three question marks at the end because I couldn't figure out how it was. Supposed Jeez, to that's so dark for a kids movie. Holy yeah. cow! Yeah. No, know? he got he he got killed. He was oh, yeah. he was shot like he a did. bunch. He did. Yeah, he did. He dead dead. And so I wrote, "Eat your heart out, ET." Mac and me killed its main character. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to see you try that. No guts. Yeah, no guts. And so. Eventually, and so the disgusting family comes together to get to. They they were in the fire. They were like right next to the. This explosion. is after, mind but, you, like a five minute scene of all the characters grieving Eric's death. Like they're all just yeah. around him crying. Yeah, and so his mom f- uh, just shows up just in time for Eric to die with the government in the helicopter, and Eric <laughs> is dead. Michael's sad. Courtney said. Debbie said. Everyone's sad. Derek is dead, and uh. The disgusting family comes walking out of the fire, or like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego just like walking out of the yeah. fire. <laughs> That's what it looked like. like. The aliens like, are. Immune. Oh my. I wrote down the aliens are immune to fire because sure, why not? 
They're immortal. They got no and bones. So, <laughs> yeah. Powered by so Coca-Cola. And they immediately start doing a seance on Eric. Which is incredible to me because everyone just suddenly trusts these aliens. And yeah, they're just like, well, they essentially we... <laughs> opened fire on the police, causing a massive explosion that killed a child. It and makes more sense to me them. now. It makes more sense to me now that I know that the cops are the ones that killed Eric. Yeah. <laughs> so Eric is a victim of police brutality. So they're like, well, <laughs> they were like, well, they can't make this situation any worse than we have. Yeah. Yeah. And so Eric is, he's brought back to life. And so everyone's like fawning over him. Like, oh, Eric, you're back for something. Then he starts whistling. (laughs) And so then we do. (laughs) That would be, that would be so out of left field. I'd love that. Eric comes back to life, but he can only communicate by whistling. He can only whistle. (laughs) Oh, gosh. Exactly. Uh, I feel like if this was a different, worse, or more insensitive movie, they would have made Eric walk again. <laughs> but since, <laughs> since the actor actually has a, sp- a spinal issue, it's, it's just not going to happen. And so, um, <laughs> and so then we do the weirdest cut I've ever seen. So we're at the we're at the burning gas station, and then we cut to the middle of the day, and a car pulls out of to what looks like. A park. What look? What looks like a park? But then these two guys, they get out and they're like, "We're gonna go. We're gonna miss it. We're gonna miss it." And so they're running in. They run to the building, and you suddenly realize, "Oh, we're at the courthouse. What are we doing at the courthouse?" <laughs> and so they go inside. They find their places, and we look like, "Oh, this kind of looks like a wedding, but it's not a wedding." And so this guy up front is judge. He starts giving this speech, and you're like, "What? Oh." People, this is a citizenship thing, and then slowly the camera goes forward, pans across all these immigrants, all these people, different people from different nationalities, different nations, coming together to become American citizens, and then slowly pans over to this disgusting freaks, Max family dressed in human <laughs> clothes. His mom, the mom is Which, in a polka dot suit. His dad is in a baby blue suit. His mom's in a, uh, his daughter, his sister's in a dress. Max wearing a, a some pretty normal clothes, considering. And yeah. so, and Which they're means, being sworn in as U.S. citizens. Which means yep. that they were walking around naked for the entire movie, except for the mom. Oh yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, and I said, just when you think also, it can't get any more disgusting, they put them in human clothes. Yeah. Well, and I also, <laughs> I was also thinking about this just now. It's easier for them to become American citizens than like foreign aliens. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't even blink. Like, what the? I was like, sure, why not? <laughs> they can't even speak English or like take a test or anything. They're just like, eh. They landed here, so let them have it. Let them have Throw it. Them yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then they just start. Then they pass the thing. They do the thing. And the, but the guy like is he's like says repeat after me or like say I and like say they don't say I so they're not citizens they can't they can't speak. all they can do is whistle yeah yeah also I think the worst so part about their human outfits is also Max shirt says McKids exactly uh, and so <laughs> it's worth noting so, that like their mouths are perpetually in like a whistling shape. <clears throat> Like the, yeah. Yeah. the way you would move your the way you would form your mouth to whistle is just how they look constantly. And it adds mm-hmm. to just the creepiness of these characters. 
Yeah. And so then they start kissing each other. Everyone. All of them. Oh, yeah. Everyone starts kissing. Eric kisses the little, little alien girl. I think he kisses the mom, too. Debbie kisses the dad and then kisses the kid. And it's just this whole thing. Okay, just, Debbie. Like, okay, Debbie. I wrote down, stop kissing each other. I just wrote, why are they all kissing? <laughs> yeah, With five exactly. question marks. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. It was so and confusing. Then the aliens proceed to drive the kids home without the yeah. parents. Well, their like, va- their van exploded in the fire. If you don't, if you remember, like they're yeah. right next to the gas station, so their van exploded, and they're driving this disgusting pink convertible, which is just awful and pain to the eyes. And it's and a so, 1957 Cadillac Series 62. There you go. There's Matthew's detective. <laughs> uh, and so, so that 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 vehicle is old by that standard, so it was probably pretty expensive. Yeah. So, and they just oh. and you if you listen to it, if you listen to the conversation closely of the two CIA agents running into the courthouse to witness this swearing in, they built they put a house together, and so they have a house and all the stuff for these family to live in. <laughs> and so, <clears throat> so yeah, and so they drive away, and then. The scene, the scene of Mac blows a bubblegum bubble, and then he blows another one that says, we'll be back. And I'm like, is that a threat? I, that's exactly <laughs> what I wrote. That is exactly what I wrote. <laughs> I wrote, the aliens make a direct threat, we'll be back. I yeah. wrote, I wrote, no, no, you will not be back, Mac and me. We don't want you back. You'll never be back. And so... <clears throat> The, the credits roll through, and at the end of the credits, it says Ronald McDonald as himself. I said, Ronald McDonald as himself, screw you. <laughs> and so that, ladies and gentlemen, is Mac and me. And oh boy, oh boy, oh boy. Whoa, would, you care, would you care for me to finish off with the, my quick hitters that I didn't get yeah. to? Yeah, always... we'll do that, and then, I got, and then we'll give our rating, and then I got one more thing to do. Fun stuff. Okay. Um, so again, as always, this will be in chronological order of the movie. The first kid on screen is the one involved in the car crash, and he has the craziest bowl cut I think I have ever seen. Oh, yeah. The ginger kid. Yeah, the ginger yeah, kid. Yeah, I was about to say he's a redhead. All I could think while watching that was, holy bowl cut, what is that? What is that? I saw that, and I was like, I hope this isn't the main character. Yep. Uh, I like I like that five minutes upon their arrival, Debbie is already casually spying on the new neighbors. Um, <laughs> in reference to the scene where the um, the alien who we now know as Mac is tearing the house apart and drilling holes and cutting triangles in the doorway, I just ask the simple question: What on earth is this alien trying to accomplish? <laughs> to which I don't think we ever Mass really get an explanation. <laughs> I don't know if it was just to try and get their attention, but then like why get all the things? I don't like nothing about that made sense. It's like they just needed this alien to cause mayhem for no reason. Mm-hmm. Um I have the action every action scene in this movie is unhinged lunacy, which honestly kind of worked in a weird way. It wasn't it definitely was far from my least favorite thing about this movie. At least they uh yeah. tried to do some things. Um the uh, Mac and all his family members often whistle and do this weird thing where they like cup their hands together and make like a U shape of sorts. And I cannot for the yeah. life of me figure out what that is supposed to be doing. I think it's you... supposed to amplify the whistle, like supposed to like 
like you're shouting, like you, shout you put your hand, you cup but your they hands. Hold it, they hold it above their heads sometimes too. Yeah, yeah because this movie is terrible. <laughs> did you catch that Eric did it once too? Yeah, yeah. he did. Yeah, and I'm like, oh I was, my gosh. I was like, maybe you just like cursed them out in their language, dude. Right, yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, the scene with the dogs, there's initially just two dogs on the street, but then suddenly there's 20 as soon as Mac shows up. Where did they all come from? Um, every scene involving Mac or the aliens is somehow extremely irritating, as well as creepy. <laughs> like, the maybe- longer they were on screen, I just kept having the thought, oh my gosh, somebody put those things out of their misery. Like, that was maybe- my main thought. Maybe Mac smells like a Big Mac, and that's why the dogs were chasing after him. Oh, that's my theory. That's a good. That's I think they just point. wanted to kill a disgusting thing. Possible too. Yes. <laughs> yeah, they um, were like, "This thing looks like a naked rodent. Let's go kill it." <laughs> yeah, exactly. I wrote, "I like how five seconds upon arriving at the McDonald's, Mac immediately reaches for a Coke and blows his cover. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just did not even take anything into account there. Mac caused an immense amount of property yeah. damage in the department store." Um, Debbie's sister yep. Courtney has the most 80s hairstyle in this whole movie. Yep. <laughs> um, Mac is trying to communicate with his family when they're driving. They like pull off to the side of the road and have him get out and whistle in a bunch of directions. And Michael, for some reason, goes, That's it. As if he knows what's happening. <laughs> um, <laughs> in the McDonald's scene, I this is not canon, but it's canon to me. Um, the one <laughs> football player who is featured the most is this white dude with eye black and he's wearing, you know, a white maroon and gold Jersey with the number 22. And to me, that is Boston college quarterback, Doug Flutie, who also had a stint in the (laughs) NFL and is the greatest Canadian football league player of all time. And that is Canon. That is Doug Flutie somehow, or at least the guy impersonating Doug Flutie. I'll put it on the I'll put it on the Wikipedia. <laughs> put it on the I IMDb feel, while you're at it. <laughs> I feel like they chose those colors because of McDonald's colors. Oh, that's what it absolutely is. But I'm watching it, and I, <laughs> when he first appears on screen, I'm like, number twenty two, maroon and gold. Is that supposed to be Doug Flutie? But it wasn't. <laughs> There's a brief moment where you can see the back of his jersey, and it's just some other random name. So. Yeah, that wasn't Doug Flutie. It was Doug McFlutie. Doug right. McFlutie. <laughs> exactly. Doug, Doug Flutie has uh, maybe the most legendary Hail Mary pass in the history of football uh, in his Boston College days. Um, let's see what else here. Um, and then I think the last thing that I have written down here is I was really hoping that during the scene where... Oh, no, I've got two more after this one <laughs> i was hoping that during the scene when the aliens were healing eric and he started kind of levitating off the ground there was a part of me that hoped that he wouldn't wake up and the aliens would just be like hey look we made a kid into a table <laughs> <laughs> um i paid no money to watch this movie and i still want a full refund and i and i've been texting lauren intermittently here and she asked what we were talking about this week and i told her we watched mac and me and I got radio silence from her for about 20 minutes. And then she just sends, dude, how did you even watch that movie? Someone was on drugs. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, there's some insight from Lauren as well uh, to complete my quick hitters of the review. <laughs> love it. Yep. Love it. All right. Uh, this movie was nominated for uh, four Golden Raspberry Awards, which is uh, the Razzies, which are basically the opposite oh, of the Oscars. So if I you're nominated for Razzie, yeah. 
names. You're terrible. So they uh, it won the Razzie for worst director and worst new star uh, for Ronald McDonald. <laughs> <laughs> and Ronald so, McDonald himself. Just want to read the uh, critical critical response. Uh, portion of this uh, article it says uh, upon re- release the film was panned due to imitations of numerous concepts from Steven Spielberg's E.T. the extraterrestrial Los Angeles Times critic Michael Wilmington wrote that it is an amazingly bald-faced copy of E.T. even though this is E.T. in the sticky wrappy paper left under a heater two hours too long almost everything in the earlier film was a double here. Richard Harrington of the Washington Post amended that the famed E.T. phone home phrase to E.T. call lawyer and said, why is it so hard to like this film? <laughs> Having seen it done so much better, Spielberg doesn't help, of course. Seeing it done so much better by Spielberg doesn't help, of course. The contrivance that the mysterious alien creature being referred to by the acronym MAC uh, and the characters wearing McDonald's clothing prompted the Desert News journalist Chris Hicks to declare, I'm not sure I've ever seen a movie that this crass is a ni- that is as crass a 90, that is as crass a 90 minute commercial as Mac and me Hicks, <laughs> along with Carolyn James of the New York times observed additional c- promotion of Coca-Cola and Sears, the later branded Mick kids, the McDonald's line of clothing. James also took exception to the awfully irresponsible treatment of wheelchair using main character, Eric Cruz who was placed in potential dangerous situations before Mac intervenes. Calgary, Calgary's lead performance was named the highlight of the film by several critics. The filmmaker, the filmmakers garnered praise for their use of a disabled protagonist. Our reviews out, out aggregator uh, Rotten Tomatoes with 28 reviews. This film has a 7% approval rating with an average of 3.4 out of 10. The site's consensus reads Mac and Me is duly infamous. Not only is it a pale imitation of E.T., it's also a thinly veiled feature length commercial for McDonald's and Coca Cola. On Metacritic, the film has a score of 26 out of 100 on 12 critics. And uh, indicating a generally unfavorable reviews. The film is widely regarded as the worst film ever made, or one of the worst films ever made, with the Telegraph noting that it is frequently pulled out in the worst film of all time arguments. Filmmaker Morgan Spurlock cited the most eager, egregious example of product placement in cinema history, as well as the worst thing you'll ever see in your entire life. It is also named the worst film in the San Francisco Chronicle, as well as the broadcaster's uh, Simon Mayo uh, and writer producer Damon Lindelof. Michael Hayden of GQ India refers to it as hands down the worst family movie in Hollywood history. Nathan <laughs> Ra- Nathan Rabin reviewed the film as part of the My Year of Flops series of the AV Club writing. Macamy was designed as an especially brazen knockoff of E.T. the Extraterrestrial. Instead, it plays like an in indecent, bizarre world incarnation of Steven Spielberg's beloved family classic. E.T. is a marvel of daring, inspired character design and somehow manages to look simultaneously ugly and adorable. But Mac is a repulsive little monster that looks like an overgrown, horrifically scarred fetus covered with blisters. The creepy little alien's mouth is permanently fixed in an O-shape like a blow-up doll. Though the average uh, is more animated and more dignity than Mac. The alien doesn't move so much as it twitches and burps randomly over the course of the film. Its hideous and comic inexpressiveness engenders the morbid fascination. Suspension of disbelief becomes impossible. Mac is never anything more than a poorly manipulated puppy. Puppet. (laughs) 
so there was a there was a planned sequel. Oh gosh. So a sequel was announced at the time of the film's release. It ends with the text will be back, but it's given unpopular but given to its unpopularity, a sequel did not happen. Producer RJ Lewis spoke on the ending in twenty seventeen the interview and did not rule out a sequel. He claimed oh, that there's public interest because home video sales have made the film profitable for Ryan Pictures. And it also said that Mac will resonate with modern young moviegoers. Hard disagree. So uh <laughs> so at the Razzies it was also nominated uh in a in a, addition to worst star, worst director, it was uh, nominated for worst picture and worst screenplay. <laughs> uh, worst pic, worst picture was uh, won by Tut, uh, Cocktails Touchstone, starring uh, uh, what's his face, Tom Cruise. I was gonna say that was <laughs> there was a big name actor in that movie. I couldn't think of who it was. Yeah, and uh, worst screenplay was also won by Cocktail. <laughs> Screenplay by Henry Gold based on his book. <laughs> so that is Mac and Me. Did you know Jennifer uh, like Aniston also appeared? What? Oh, wait, what? She, she was like an extra in the parking lot dance scene. She's oh, on, yeah. Oh I think I've heard of that. Like, she's on screen for like half a second. Because this is before yeah. Friends came out, too. So she well, she's, a, well, she's, she's like a child. A, yeah, she's like a no name. She's really young. Yeah, she's like a tit. She's like a teenager. Yeah. Yeah, because Friends came out like six years later or something. Hang on. Yeah, see. like 94, 95. Let me, I'll, I'll find a picture. You can keep talking. Yeah. <laughs> That's crazy. But that is Mac and me. So, so like we her, said, we... Uh... What? Her and uh, Sylvester... Uh, that's his name, right? Uh, the musician, the composer. Oh, Alan Silvestri. Yeah, Alan Silvestri. <laughs> Uh, those are the two biggest names to come out of this app for sure. Exactly. There you go. She circled on the oh, wow. picture. Barely looks like her. She's young. Uh, yeah, she's real young. Hang. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah. So that's Macabre. Like we said earlier, uh, you don't have to watch. We. I would. You don't have to watch the entire movie. But I would look up those few key scenes, like the dance party at the McDonald's and the cliff scene. The Definitely fever watch dream those. and by far the best scene in the movie uh, is how I would exactly. label those two. <laughs> exactly. So, yeah, so let's give it our official rating out of 10. So, Matthew? I'm starting. All right. Well, I'm going because I had, I believe I gave the room a 2 out of 10 because there were a couple lines that saved it for me uh, from getting a 1. Uh, this movie didn't have those, so this is going to be a very firm one out of ten. I did not enjoy. I did not enjoy this at all. There, it still had moments that it still had moments. The wheelchair scene off the cliff is as ridiculous as it sounds, and there were a handful of lines that were actually pretty good. But I, I got such little enjoyment out of watching this that I would, I, I would feel, it, I feel it would be a disservice um, in terms of honesty if I gave it anything more than a one. So that is my rating. All right, Dawson. I'm going to give it a 2 out of 10. I am not loving it. This is an unhappy yeah. meal. I will not have any of it. It is just, it's it's bad. Uh, yeah. It works as a, it's a 2 if it were to be a spoof of E.T. Yeah. But it's not. <laughs> so 
I still give it a two because I can view it that way and kind of see the spoofiness of it. Mm-hmm. But still, even as even as a spoof, it's horrible. Yeah. Yep. Um, I'm gonna give it a. I'm gonna give it a three out of ten. All right. Oh. I'm, gonna, I'm, gonna I'm gonna give it a. No, I'm gonna change. It. I'm gonna give it a four out of ten. Whoa. Four out of ten. Because as a kids movie, this works. It works as a kids movie. You could show it to a kid. A kid would not bat an eye. They would just see a movie and they would not. They wouldn't care. As a movie, movie, it's dog crap. It's terrible. <laughs> it's awful. It's painful. It's hard to watch. It's just brutal. It's every minute is excruciating. But as a kids movie, you could put it on for a kid. They would not care in the least. It doesn't matter. So I'm gonna stick with a four out of ten. So four. Two and one, so three point three repeating. Yeah, we're sitting at a seven. No, sorry, two point two point three repeating. My bad, I did that wrong. We're sitting at a seven out of thirty. So nice, not Um, great. (laughs) Yeah, so that is Mac and me. Thank you so much for joining us this week. Uh, You can find this if you want to subject yourself to this. You can find it for free on YouTube. Um, It'll still make you want your money back. Yeah, it's great for uh, it's great to watch for the party. So. If you want to get like a bunch of friends together and watch it, it's a lot of fun. <laughs> That's yeah, true. No, it, I it's did a, watch. It's a I classic. watched it by myself, and that probably was not great for the experience on the whole. It's a classic yeah. bad movie because it it's, is yeah. bad, it's and so it thinks bad. it's good, but it is bad. I don't even. Yeah, I guess it's just so bad. De- the, you can tell that the people who were in this, they they were like, "This is this is my big break." This is. I good. will give credit this where credit is due. The acting itself isn't isn't bad it's not a it's not they, atrocious they actually especially eric for never having like his character his actor for have never acted yeah. in another movie before this the acting maybe even on the after whole too is, it wasn't acting on the whole is pretty good especially like for the time frame as well with it being like mm-hmm. the 80s yep. it's it, it fits like it doesn't look like the acting isn't like horrifically out of place or anything like it, no, it's, the it's acting very looks about 80s right. it looks about as you would expect in terms of just the it's acting itself very 80s for better or for worse mm-hmm I'll say, I'll say this. Compared to some of this, compared to the other movies that we've watched, the terrible schlock and the up and down roller coaster of what we've watched, I will say this movie is the only movie that succeeded at what it's trying to do. It's trying to make a kids movie, and it made the kids movie, That's but true. it just made a terrible kids movie. It's just a really bad movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, these movies get a lot more it. leniency too, due to the nature yeah. of kids not really yeah. understanding plot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> but. Thank you so much for joining us this week. We hope we uh, you we, we hope you uh, join us again. This movie next has week left Andrew speechless. <laughs> as we're uh, we're back to a regular business, and uh, if you want to keep up with our new episodes, subscribe to us on your podcatcher of choice, and also make sure to leave us a review. Hopefully, a five star review. Those are always fun to see and read, and it's always nice to see, hear feedback. Uh, if you want to keep up with our new episodes when we get posted and also any other fun stuff we're doing, follow us on social media at the.nbn.podcast on Instagram and also the official pod, Nothing But Nonsense podcast page on Facebook. Uh, thank you so much for joining us, and we'll see you next week. Later, y'all. See ya.